Hi, Apple. Yeah, I have a couple of questions. Um, my computer has started to slow down, and I'm having issues with applications on my phone. Even, what do you guys know? What's going on? Oh, it's from Big Sur. I don't even have it though. It affected everyone, even if they didn't have it. Okay. No, that sounds good. I'll just go fuck myself. Hey guys, back again with another Thought Goblin podcast, and yes, Big Sur is on the list. Holy shit, this has been annoying. Um, so for those of you who haven't listened to some of my previous podcasts, one of the number one things I always say is, especially for massive rollouts like this, do not do the update anytime soon. In fact, with Big Sur, I would wait probably about three to six months. Um now, if you go to their website and you look at the computers that are able or capable of getting the Big Sur update, they even list uh, laptops all the way back to 2013. Now, if it were me and it was my laptop, anything dating pre-2016, I wouldn't even bother with Big Sur. So a lot of things with new massive rollouts like this is they're, they're mostly designed with the newer technology in mind. So this is the instance where you might do an update and it will actually cause your computer to be slower. That all being said, there's also some other things to be afraid of right now, like the fact that the big rollout happened and it actually slowed down all Apple computers and programs too, not just those who had downloaded Big Sur. So Apple has clearly semi-fucked up um, and they know it. They, they came out and publicly said it. Uh, not in so many words, but basically they did. But this is not different from any other major rollout, really. Um, gone are the days where people or companies beta test the living shit out of something until they have all the bugs out. Now we are in the day and age where it's pretty much roll it out as fast as you can to compete with the other companies. So it's, you know, it's understandable. Um, but roll it out as fast as you can. And basically these first six months use the general public as your beta testing team because trust me they'll let you know what kind of problems they're encountering now for those of you who have already updated to big sur i wouldn't freak out just yet you will probably be just fine i'm saying probably um they're going to do a bunch of patches there's going to be a bunch of updates released here in fact i think they already released an update after like two days um, there's definitely bound to be more updates because there's definitely bound to be more issues found. But this is kind of part of the standard operating procedure for companies at this scale now is that they roll these things out to the general public and they listen to your feedback and find the bugs pretty much thereafter. Now, me being not only a personal user but a business user, 
I have learned my lesson a while back now. I never do these updates. I always give them at least about three months before I even consider doing them. And especially on older technology, like I have a 2015 uh, MacBook Pro um, fully loaded model that I still use for some stuff here and there. I'm not going to put Big Sur on that because it's just not worth it. The thing is with Apple products is you can't actually really roll back the OS, the operating software that you install. So once you upgrade, say, from like um, Catalina to Big Sur, you cannot roll back to Catalina. That I know of very easily. It's So it is doable, but it takes someone like me or another IT person to do it. And you're going to lose some data in the process, and it's going to take a while. It basically involves wiping your whole computer absolutely dry and then reinstalling with a previous operating software flash stick and then re-adding your data, and it's kind of a giant cluster. It's not simple, and it's not easy for the everyday layman's person to do. So with that in mind, just know that every time you do a, a big operating software update like that, especially with Apple products, you're not going to be able to roll back. So that is something to keep in mind. And that's another reason why I never do these updates for at least the first three to four months. They t- they often tout a-, a lot of like speed increases and performance increases for different applications and computers and how things blend and mesh together. Generally, this is... This is noticeable in some of the newer computers, but the older computers don't really see it that well because they're generally running off of older technology and older platforms. I mean, the CPUs even have older architecture. So you might not actually see the performance increase. You might you might see it, but you probably won't. Um, and that that also being said, a lot of those um, those new features and new performance things, they're not always available right off the bat so for example um there is some features with big sur that they advertise but aren't actually available um at least until later this year or early next year it's because they're still building them in and they're still making them compatible for the older design so if i scroll all the way to the bottom of this ridiculous big sur page let's see here what's a good one so improved retouch tool and photos requires macbook pro uh 15 inch and 16 inch models introduced in 2016 or later so even though big sur will run on older computers there are features that you're supposedly getting that will not operate on older computers for reasons that i mentioned older architecture cpus older technology it's just not designed for those anymore even though it can run off of them Okay, another example would be privacy information on the App Store will be coming in macOS Big Sur update later this year. So that's kind of a big one that they point out here in their massive advertisement is that uh, you can see all the data that these applications are collecting in the App Store before you download it. Um, But that's a feature that you actually won't get right off the bat when you download Big Sur. So it's kind of, you know... It's just advertising. They they throw all these cool features and whatnot in this massive, probably twenty slide page, and uh, and then they put all the little extra footnotes at the bottom that kind of point out the little little hidden details. 
Um, not to say that Big Sur is going to be terrible. Eventually, it will be a great operating software, um, I'm sure. I don't know if I would have classified it as macOS 11, which is what they did, if you don't realize it. Um, for those of you who had Apple computers back in the day, the big switch from macOS 9 to macOS X or macOS 10 was pretty massive. Um, the changes between the two were so were so different that it was it was worth worth calling it a you know a new level of operating software. From what I've seen in the, the kind of plays of this software, I don't know if I would have classified it as a brand new level or layer of software. I might have just classified it as like you know, 10 point, whatever we're on now, 17 or 18 or, you know, whatever. You can Google that and figure that out yourself. But that's just me. I'm not Apple. I'm not a trillionaire by any means, nor is my company. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's I get this neither here nor there. That's just IT banter. Um, that all aside, so I think macOS Big Sur will eventually be a great operating software should you update to it right now. I wouldn't. If you have, you you will probably be fine. You might have some issues here and there, but and I can't guarantee what those issues are or, or tell you what you might encounter. It's all out of my hands, obviously. Um, you'll you'll know if you run into them. Um, but if you haven't updated to it, I would wait. My personal preference is to wait three to six months. And yeah, that's kind of a long time, but that's a good time to hammer out a lot of you know underlying issues that they might not have found yet or they probably didn't find so that's what i have to say about big sir um if you have any questions feel free to email me call me whatever um i think i have a chat chat bar in my uh web you can contact me there too another thing uh apple related that i figure i might as well bring up is the new big m1 chip the m1 cpu or you know system of chips um that they're putting in their their laptop lineup this year so if you it this is something that stood out to me almost immediately is that the only desktop that they have it in right now is the mac mini which is a pretty portable model and apple's smart i think they're smart enough that they understand what they're doing here they're from my perspective, I think that they are putting it in mobile units because of possible issues they might encounter here early in the future. Um, it's way easier to bring in a laptop or even a Mac Mini to the Apple Store and say, "Hey, I'm having this issue. Can you please check it out?" You know, I have Apple Care or whatnot, than to bring in a you know giant 27-inch iMac Pro or even like you know. I, well, I don't think they have it in their Mac Pros. They Those things are pretty overpowered. Um, if you have one, you've spent a ridiculous amount of money anyways. So I don't know. I don't think they have anything in, in that yet. But, you know, it's like I was saying, it's way easier to bring in a mobile product and say, hey, I'm having issues. Can you help me fix this? Than it is to bring in, say, a Mac model or, you know, something you kind of have built and set up at home and you don't want to keep hauling it around. So that personally stood out to me as an IT person and a business owner right off the bat. Another thing that just kind of general, not 
you know, computer related as much, but um, in the sense of having a system of chips versus a CPU with a separate GPU with separate RAM and all that, um, when you build everything all in one to something like this, you do increase the chance that if something goes wrong, you have to replace the whole system or the whole computer. And I don't know how easy they made it to replace these chips, a lot of times what Apple will do is actually solder things to the board to make it tighter. Um, you know, they need less clearance. And so that's where we saw, you know, the do away with removable or replaceable um, RAM in laptops is because if they soldered it to the board. They could make the, make the profile of the computer that much slimmer. And also, you know, if there's issues, you got to bring it into Apple. So that kind of cut out third party and, you know, adding in your own RAM and all that. But that's neither here nor there. Anyways, long story short, um, I'm a little curious to see lifespan wise how well these M1 chips uh, do long term. Um, because if, say, if the RAM goes bad on the chip or if the internal GPU goes bad or the cache, um, or even just the CPU portion of itself, the whole chip is kaput. I don't think this chip is designed with, you know, multiple redundancies built in. So if one aspect of it goes down, the whole thing is garbage at that point. Um, so as a, you know, as a replacement standard or as a repair standard, I'm very curious to see long-term how that's going to look. Now, the numbers that they're touting for this chip are, are pretty cool. Um, you know, they see if you go to Apple's page and you uh, go to the Mac and then the M1 page, you can see all the different numbers. Um, you know, they put it in really easy to understand terms and very layman generals, you know. Uh, so this isn't all that hard to understand. Basically, the M1 chip can do more processing with less power and it's it generally has better processing performance compared to whatever chips they're comparing it to. Um, and that's a good thing to note is what chips are they actually comparing it to because, okay, i7 in the air, uh, i3 in the Mac mini. So i3 is kind of their base level in the Mac mini and that's what they're comparing it to, uh, speed performance wise. Um, The i7 is kind of high in their their MacBook Air. That's the highest level, I think, I'm pretty sure. Um, nothing else crazy stands out. i3 in the Mac Mini again, yeah. Um, so it's um, you know, it's 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 Apple, so they're gonna compare it to things that kind of make it stand out a little more. Um, I'd love to see how it compares to an i7 chip and a and a Mac Mini or an i5 chip. Um, it probably isn't a massive increase, but it's, it's probably an increase nonetheless. Um, again, it, uh, I have some other things that concern me, like, you know, long-term longevity, how, how well this chip works. Uh, another thing that also stood out to me is they crammed a lot of things. So this is a system of chips. They have a lot of things built into this chip uh, rather than kind of having them separate on the board. So And it does more with less power, but I'm wondering... Um, how fast this thing starts packing heat and their ability to cool it. So a big thing in, com in computers is if your CPU starts to get too hot, it will start to slug out a little bit or start to slow down because 
if it gets too hot, it'll just bust and burn. Um, and so the CPU has internal processes that slow it down, essentially throttle it when it's too hot. So I'm wondering what the throttle curve on something like this, where they have a lot more packed into it looks like and how they've compensated with an ability to cool it. So there's obviously nothing on their page about that, but that's going to be kind of something we're going to learn here off of these first few models. Um, and like I said, for the first six months, they only offer it on what I would consider more mobile models or laptops and the Mac mini. So I think this is all part of their beta testing and it's probably, I, I think it's smart. This is kind of how I would do it too. If I were going to just throw this out in the market is I'd throw it in mobile products first and see how it goes. Um, now we've been using Apple chips like this for a while. They've been producing them for their iPhones and their iPads and whatnot. So they're not new to this entirely, but this specific style of chip and putting it in a full fledged computer is the new part. Um, and a lot of people are kind of jumping on the bandwagon. They're hoping, hoping to get this in a laptop or a desktop computer. Um, if you're one of those people and you have the money to spare and you're more of a personal user rather than a business user, I say, Hey, go for it. Give it a try. Definitely get something like Apple care warranty or whatever warranties that you can get with this type of a product just in case something does become an issue down the line. Um, that should cover pretty much any issue you encounter. And I assume that if the CPU starts, you know, flunking out, they will probably replace it or give you a new laptop or whatever they have to do to fix the issue. Apple care warranty is good. I always generally recommend it for people who buy mobile products. You don't really need it for a desktop product, but if you were to get a desktop product with this new chip, I'd consider it for that too. Um, if you're a business user, I would personally hold off a couple of years before you consider grabbing one with these new chips, just because as business users, we use our computers for pretty much everything. And if our computer goes down, our work efficiency goes down and we lose the ability to keep up with a lot of things. And that can be a total mess. So as a safe practice, I would recommend to hold off for a couple of years on something like this. There's still, Apple's still gonna be offering their Intel lineup in computers, both desktop and laptops for the foreseeable future. Um, eventually down the line, they might cut out and just do only their chips, you know, when it's a big profit margin dispute and they've done enough testing, but I, I don't foresee that happening in at least the next three years or so. It'll probably even be longer. Um, Intel's not going anywhere. Intel is still a big hitter in, in the CPU world. So there'll still be plenty of Intel products out there. Um, I mean, it just kind of goes along with things like, like I was saying with Big Sur. I mean, they're using the general public as a big beta testing form for uh, this product. And so as more of a cautious user, because I am both personal and business, I'm going to hold off for at least a couple of years. You know, if you're, if you're a personal user, or even if you are a business user and you're willing to take the risk, go ahead, give it a try. Let me know how it works. I'd, I'd be really interested, especially long-term what, might, what type of issues or what type of increases in performance and whatnot that you might see. Um, this is a whole new level of chip, so it's actually going to open up a new market of software programming and uh, codes and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, there, there's, some, there's some pretty 
big opportunity for this chip to to really shine especially with apple products where everything is kind of built together in a unified form and designed to work with one another versus a pc where the products are a little more generic their standards are a little less tight um they're designed to work among more different things so you know you don't really see the the cohesiveness and the symbiotic relationship among the hardware that you do and the software that you do with an apple product which is why apple has been great um especially for the personal market or even like the video and photography market graphics market all that stuff um it's really just a a a good product overall and that's why it's expensive too is because it is a good product and they build everything for everything apple related um but yeah so i mean i'm not a huge apple fanboy by any means i'm not a diehard pc fan i'm just uh if it works for you then use it guy so this is just kind of common sense at this point well, at this point, that pretty much concludes this podcast episode about Big Sur and the M1 Apple chip. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. There was kind of a lot of info packed in there. Go back and re-listen a couple times if you have to. Um, if you have any questions or comments whatsoever, feel free to post them on the YouTube page or even fill out the contact form on my website, thoughtgoblin.com. And I will get back to you, I promise. Um, I'm pretty quick about those. So I love chatting with people about this stuff. Um, relating back to my previous episode with Bo Dobzinski on uh, home defense with a firearm, my next episode is going to relate to CCW or permit to carry, carry a firearm on you out in public, um, generally concealed. Now I'm going to talk about what I personally use and what I have with me as part of my carry or my everyday carry, as some people classify it as. Um, and then I'll probably talk a little bit about uh, calibers that I, I prefer for self-defense and personal protection. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people were super stoked about that last episode. So figured I'm going to do another one relating to that kind of topic ground. Um, otherwise, stay tuned to the website. Stay tuned to the uh, YouTube page for any upcoming episodes. And uh, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. Thank you.